What up? Welcome to another episode of the Backdoor Cut. If Zach were here, which he's not, he's on the road back, he would welcome friends and family. We are the Backdoor Cut show on Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. We're also part of the Barnburner Podcast Network. And we're here on the evening of a Lakers 17th championship. Uh, the finals just ended. The The Lakers took the, the series 4-2 to two over the Miami Heat. Uh, and, and I would just be remiss if I didn't immediately give the ball to our Lakers fan here as the group. Uh, Rich, you know, go ahead, my friend. I, I just want you to talk about this experience Ooh. and how you're feeling right now. Man, I'm feeling great. So first, just the lake shows back where it belongs at the top, man. This is this is for Kobe. You know what I'm saying? This is for Gigi, you know, as they're watching above. So proud. Um, and damn, it feels good. It feels fucking good. Uh, there's a, there's a song um, from back in the day, late '90s, maybe. You know what they gonna say now? That's that's pretty much the that's pretty much the the running cadence of that song. What they gonna say now? I mean, what what are they gonna say now? Um, LeBron James delivered on his promise um, of when he came to Lakerland, and I don't care what Twitter is saying, skeptics are saying, skeptics are saying this is. Definitely one of the harder championships anyone has ever had to come. Being secluded from your family for months on end, sequestered away in a damn bubble, having to maintain focus with your team, your staff, your 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 fellow players. Um, it's just it's just crazy, um, you know. And I I would be remiss if I didn't mention that the Clippers. Thank you so much for not <laughs> holding up your end of the bargain uh, and not even making it to the fucking Western Conference Finals because you put all your faith in Paul George. Um, so that was your first mistake. Um, you know, and you know, maybe you'll get back next year, maybe not. Uh, but you know, if you're depending on playoff P, that's just not gonna happen. Um, shout out to the Lake Show, man. This cast of of players who you told me 10 years ago were gonna come together for a fucking ring. I would have thought you were tripping. Ray John Rondo, Dwight Howard, motherfucking Danny Green from the Spurs. Like, what? Like the fuck, these are all like people who who Braun has encountered on his playoff path, his pursuits, and at the end of the day, everybody bought in, man. There was one common mission. Uh, there was one goal, and that was bring to bring the Larry O'Brien back where it belongs in Staples. Um, and, you know, I can't wait for the day where that Larry O'Brien is in FedEx form as well. Um, I know our young boys are going to be bringing that parade to Memphis uh, sometime soon, so I'm looking forward to that as well. But for now, um, you know, the Lakers got it. Um, you know, that merch. I can't wait for the merch and the motherfucking – just fucking everything. Like, it was just fucking beautiful. It was just – man. And shout out to Jimmy Butler too, man. Dude, a fucking dog. A fucking dog. I would go to war with Jimmy Butler any fucking day of the week. Like this dude, the heart of a champion, the will of a champion. Um, and the Miami Heat, definitely a bright future. Um, they have so many pieces that fit so well together. Um, they talk about that heat culture a lot. And it was evident, man. Shout out to them. It was a great run. Um, I called that the series would be 4-2, I think, on one of our previous pods. And you know, Miami definitely put up a fight. Uh, but at the end of the day, Lakers just too big, too fast, too strong, man. Um, shout out to Anthony Davis on his first ring. Uh, he came to L.A. Um, after all those years of languishing in New Orleans. Um, he was finally able to to see the light um, and he was able to bring that baby home. Shout out to KCP, man, after going 0 for 9 in the first playoff game against Portland. Dude, you showed up, man. You were huge. Third best player, probably. Um and Danny Green, uh, shout out to you too, man, because I want to say, I think Mason, I saw a tweet from you earlier, man. Fans are fucking weird, dude. Like <laughs> the shit Danny Green was dealing with for missing that shot. Yes, we were all mad, upset, pissed off. But that's a fucking game, man. It's a fucking basketball game. If you care that fucking much, you might need to 
reprioritize the, the things that are holding value in your life. Um, so shout out to Granny Green for going back to back. <laughs> My dude went back to back with the fucking rings. Toronto, we, people thought it was going to be Kawhi. It's fucking Danny Green that went back to back because uh, he made the conscious decision to sign with the Lakers. You don't go to the Clippers. You wanted to be successful. You really thought you was going to do some shit? Going to the fucking Clippers with your little billboards and your motherfucking New Balance ads riding around the city? No. No, that's, that's just not ever going to happen. It's not going to work, dude. You don't even have your own arena. You tip off at six, Lakers at nine. You're fucking JV. You're JV. You're the freshman game. You're the freshman. You know when varsity comes, sits in the bleachers, like just supporting the young boys. That's how the Lakers should come to the Clipper games. Yeah, PG. Ooh, Pat Bev, you're hustling. You're hustling. Get the fuck out of here, dude. So it's just a fucking great feeling, man. It's been a decade. Um, I remember vividly being in high school. Um, I think that was my junior year of high school when the Lakers last won, when they beat Boston. Uh, in seven, if I'm not mistaken, and you know, to just see everything align this year from Braun, you know, signing and the the tragic loss of Kobe, and just the way that this team was on a mission once they got to this bubble. You heard of no drama from the Lakers. You heard of no outside influences from the Lakers. You heard of no shit from the Lakers. There was a mission from one through fifteen down the roster. Everybody's locked in, one goal, and you know, at the end of the day, what you gonna say now? So we can have the GOAT conversation. We can have that back and forth. I'm going to the barbershop Saturday. I'm looking forward to the fucking conversation <laughs> because I know where I'm standing, 10 toes down with my motherfucking GOAT. Like, it is what it is. What the fuck they going to say now? What the fuck they going to say now? Laker Nation, baby, stand the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, uh, LeBron James named finals MVP for the fourth time in his career. Um, of course, that's each time he's won a championship, and that's his MVP on the third different team. Uh, average 30, 11, and 8, I mean, was just incredible. And you got to give a shout-out to Anthony Davis. When he showed up, um, which I thought he – game one, obviously, he really showed up. And then tonight in game six, he really showed up. And uh, he had a couple games where he was just a defensive monster. And tonight was one of those games. And you heard Frank Vogel say it. I think it was uh, late in the – the third quarter, maybe in the fourth quarter, he said, we are in the midst of a defensive masterpiece. Like, don't let up. Let them remember that this Lakers team was built around defense. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think, you know, that was something that we heard going into the season, but a lot of us probably didn't really buy because, yes, LeBron has had great defensive years, but we haven't really seen those years probably, you know, definitely since Miami, I would say, um, because he had to carry such a heavy load on offense and, he bought in his perimeter defense along with AD's just, I mean, he's a beast at the rim. You saw Tyler Hero tonight. He was fucking airballing layups because yeah. of the impact that AD had. So, um, yeah, LeBron deserves all the credit. Um, you know, definitely helps his GOAT talk. I'm with you. I think he's the GOAT. But, you know, we got to mention his sidekick, AD, one of the best sidekicks uh, in finals history, I'd be willing to say. And uh, like you said, KCP from, you know, from uh, on house mm. arrest, playing in games, can't play on the road yeah, game. Right. To right. The third best player on his team in the finals. Uh, and, and, you know, everybody was always on that contract. I was. I'm, everyone was on KCP's contract at the time because it was shitty. And But this is what you pay guys for to come through in the clutch. Uh, oh, damn. Uh, you know, I didn't mean to. Put the, the clutch, you know, because ah. clutch is who got him paid. But uh, hey, hey, shout out Rich Paul. 
yeah, Rich Paul built a championship team. And uh, like you said, man, I'd be remiss if I didn't give Jimmy Butler one shout out for uh, making Mick Ultras cool and playing a hell of a series. Unfortunately, he, along with his teammates, just kind of ran out of gas tonight uh, in game six. So shout out to the Heat, man. Five seed in the NBA finals, um, winning two games when your second and third best players were hurt. Um, I don't think Drogic should have came back tonight. I thought that really fucked the Heat's flow. Um, and I thought Bam was the most uh, underwhelming player in the series in the games that he did play. Um, so you hate to see those guys go out like that. But uh, just my initial thoughts, Sam, your thoughts on the series as a whole. Man, I feel like we we just won 17 championships with the backdoor cut on those two narratives there. <laughs> I, I, I don't, you know, I don't know what else to say really. I I mean, you got LeBron, and the narratives are just like writing themselves. Really, it's NBA story time, and the league loves it, and ESPN loves it. And now, on first take tomorrow, we're going to see is LeBron the goat scrolling across, and you can hear you can hear it now. Um, so so be ready for those conversations until Martin Luther King. Uh, day when NBA comes back, <laughs> hopefully on Beale Street. Uh, so LeBron, three promises, you know, three different teams delivered on all three promises when he went to the Heat. Maybe, you know, a, a little bit too cocky of a promise, something that he's remembered by and something that he regrets and has come out and said he regretted the way that went down. And then goes back to Cleveland, delivers there against a, a Warriors team that, you know, is historically good uh, before KD, of course, but still a comeback from 3 1 is, is ridiculous. And then, you know, go, to go to the Lakers and maintain this level of production at his age, he turns 36, I think, next month or in the coming months is insane. And at some point, like, he's going he's gonna to not be LeBron James anymore. And it's going to be really weird. I don't know when that's going to happen because every year you think it's going to happen, it doesn't. And not only does it not happen, he's, like, just as good. So, I, I, I mean – I don't even want to talk about that though. I, I want to talk, celebrate the, uh, you know, the, the accomplishment and enjoy it. I mean, this is something I think that we'll tell our kids about as we hopefully raise NBA fans. Um, if we start families and, you know, we say, Hey, we got to watch uh, LeBron play basketball, like, you know, in, in throughout his career at multiple eras for multiple teams in our NBA watching prime. Um, and, and I really appreciating it. So that's been awesome. Um, and it was really good to see, uh, the Heat team at least be able to fight a little bit, despite the fact they lost so many players. I wish it had been a healthy series. I mean, I, you know, yeah. I, I, I don't think anybody except for maybe like diehard Lakers fans were happy about the way it went down. Um, I, I think even even Lakers fans and Rich, you can attest this, probably prefer to beat a healthy Heat team than not. Just just because you know the spirit yeah. of competition is just the way it goes. Um, and, and yeah, I agree. Drogic coming back seemed to fuck up what they had going. Uh, but I, I don't know, man. It's uh, it's weird to see the NBA done in uh, the bubble, though. Uh, arousing success, no COVID oh, yeah. test positive, at least that we know. So shout out to Adam Silver and the NBA. And I mean, it's a real hat tip to the way the best run league in the country. And then and then you know juxtapose that <laughs> NFL. Like the Titans are basically all two stepping on Broadway and the honky donks, and like half the team and the trainers have COVID. And I mean, it's just like it's it's such a clear it's such a clear evidence also about all the things that we know how to prevent COVID are it's like oh yeah yeah that's actually like that's how you prevent it is you you create a, a sterile bubble wear masks and socially distance like all the things that everyone's been saying this whole time uh, actually work so it, it's it's also kind of like a fuck you to all the people that are like that think that these tactics don't work so it's like the most progressive league 
both sociopolitically and then also with this pandemic. It's just, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting to see. And, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I don't really have thoughts about the, the series. I, Vogel got his, his championship. LeBron's got four. Rondo, I thought might have been the third best player. I know you were talking about KCP, but yeah, um, uh, I, w- I would say Rondo had probably three or four games where he was, but KCP, he was a steady like thirteen points a game. You know, Rondo had a couple no shows. Yeah, I think all the wins, Rondo was the third best player. So yeah. we'll take that for whatever it m- means. I mean, I guess that he was the X factor, for lack of a better way to put it. But I mean, LeBron, we've seen this like he 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 controls his narrative like nothing I've ever seen before. The way he controls his legacy is like. It's masterful. It's like a, I don't know. It's like a, a a villain in a movie or something. But he's like recruits Anthony Davis up to the LA to because he know he understands how his age and the types of players he's going to play well with at his particular age. So he finds this other guy and like you know he pa- paired up with Kyrie, which is a wildly different player than Anthony Davis. Pairs up with D Wade and Bosh, who are both wildly different than AD. I don't know whether AD is the best number two he's had. I, I mean, people have been talking about that. I I, I can't say one way or the other. But it really worked out. And now, I mean, it's uh, I'm excited to see going forward. Like, I mean, who's going to beat the Lakers now? LeBron's the gatekeeper. And he's going to be the gatekeeper in the West now. And it's just like, what are you going to do the rest of the league? I, I don't know. We'll see if uh, the Clippers come back. I mean, that was tough, like mentally on them. And also, Rich just buried them, like, underneath, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> underneath the Staples Center, yeah. Yeah. where they used to play. Like, <laughs> they can no longer step with the Staples Center. They can't. No, they're, 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 they're kicked out of there. They're some, somewhere near the Earth's core right now. And Patrick Beverly's talking shit to, like, lava or something. But, yeah, I, 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 I don't know what else to say. I mean, um, who is the third best player, you guys think, for this Lakers team? Because the, the whole year we heard – Oh, you know, you can't win with two guys like this. And while they are two historic guys, you know, both like MVP caliber and Hall of Fame players, um, and LeBron being either the first or second best player of all time, depending on who you ask, like they don't have anyone else. Not really. I mean, they have some role players. They went out and signed Marquise Morris, who gave him some minutes. Not really in the finals, though. Um, you got like a washed up Rondo. You got KCP. Many of people hate on his contract, his style of play. I mean, you know, what did we see? Did we see that if you have LeBron James, you could do anything? Is that really the answer here? I mean, shit. At the end of the day, like, shit, yes. Like, I was having this conversation earlier um, with some friends. I was like, okay. They were just talking about the Lakers being stacked or some shit. I was like, bro, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. You take away LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Who on this team, on this roster, is a high-end NBA starter? Who on the Lakers outside of LeBron and AD would start for the Grizzlies? Maybe KCP. Maybe KCP. KCP is probably better than Dylan. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And and it was supposed to be Kyle Kuzma. Now, I hit hit on unflattering players, and Kyle Kuzma has probably been the least flattering player of the bubble. Like, disappointing. It is disrespectful that his name was ever mentioned with Brandon Ingram's name. Oh, like, you know, like. The narrative that. The Lakers held on to him in the trade because they want him to be <laughs> yeah. false. The Pelicans yeah. didn't want him. They wanted Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball. It's Josh Hart. Like, stop it. Yeah, I mean, that conversation was a year ago, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it, that, yeah. it, he was putting up big numbers when they were still shitty. Good right? player on 18, 20 on shallow numbers, hollow numbers that didn't mean shit. Braun came there, regulated some shit, and had Kuz had to adjust his game, right? The ball's not going to be in your hand. You have to come over, spot up shooter. And, 
he just never looks to be like in a flow. He just always seems like he's just floating out there, just meandering. And we always hear potential, 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 potential. But there is nothing that was shown in this bubble that showed me that the Lakers are going to invest in this man in the second contract moving forward. I just really don't know. Like you can look like you're supposed to be in L.A. or from L.A. or whatever have you have all the marketing, you know, savvy and credentials, but just uninspiring play on the court. Like, nah. Yeah, and, and he can talk about, he, you know, he doesn't care about Twitter and he doesn't care about this. Like, uh, no, he's full of shit. Like, you don't dye your hair blonde because you don't care. You dye your hair blonde because you do care and you want to be talked about. Like, uh, his person, his just the whole Kyle Kuzma aura has really started to rub me the wrong way. Um, he does have some good and funny social justice tweets, but um you know for the most part he just he's kind of one of those players who thinks he's more than what he is right now which you know he's still younger but uh sam i ask you this would you rather have dylan brooks or kyle kuzma for the next three years on what i mean on what salary is it are, are we salary on about a 10 million per year salary man well, you just put me in a spin cycle there I, I don't appreciate I don't that on it. That. I, I don't appreciate that on a sunday night before we start work uh <laughs> I, look, Sunday scares. <laughs> I, I the the hater in me um, is is always anti Dylan, and will find a way to constructively create an argument for whoever I've been, uh, you know, whatever hypo we're looking at here. But it's tough to root for Kuzma after that, um, especially when he doesn't have a discernible skill set. It seems like he was never a good shooter. He just made a lot of threes because he took a shit ton of them. Uh, he he looks like you know how Paul George like looks graceful when he plays, like just looks smooth as hell. Kuzma looks the opposite. He looks like <laughs> everything's a little bit harder than it is. Like, and and it's like his cuts look herky jerky. Uh, he, he doesn't seem like a smooth athlete. He doesn't seem particularly athletic, but I don't, I mean, he might very well have like a 46 inch vertical. I don't know. He just doesn't seem athletic. Um, nor does he seem high basketball IQ. So like, what's his, what's his skill? What's his pro other than being like, like dating a bunch of hot chicks and living in LA, which I mean, is great. That's great. If you're just like three bros like us on a podcast, but you know, not if I'm like choosing to pay you eleven million dollars a year and hoping you can provide a skill for me. Um, I, not I just if can't you're see... wanting to try to run it back with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. You <laughs> right. know, like, yeah. we've seen people shipped out for less. Yeah, I, and I mean, really, like they could they could get someone's willing to trade for him because of that first year. He still got that stock, um, so we'll see what happens with with him going forward. Uh, and as Rich hopefully comes back, um, but. Yeah, and uh, look, I was uh, looking at the Lakers under contract for next year to kind of, you know, take a look at if they were going to have money or if they were just going to literally run it back, which um, I don't think they will. But, um, I mean, I think they will run it back for the most part. But they'll have LeBron under contract. AD has a player option. They've got Danny Green back. KCP has a player option. I, I got to think he's, he's going to opt into that. Um, I know he had a great finals, but I don't know how much – more money he could get than like his 13 14 million you know isn't he um, on a 10 million dollar deal i don't remember exactly what i think it he's was, on a 10 but... i think he's on a 10 for some reason he signed a one-year 10 million dollar deal because i remember thinking that was a, a lot well um, and uh you know the now we turn our attention to the elephant in the room is what is the salary gap next year you know a lot of these guys with player options are probably going to opt in for just for the security um the NBA is usually pretty flexible with changing the date so the players can have an idea of what the market's going to be. But if the cap dips, salaries are going to dip. And if you've got something set in stone, you take that money. Um, 
So just to continue the roster rundown, they'll have Avery Bradley back next year, who we didn't see in the bubble. Um, and it was a major part of their team, uh, starting point guard. JaVale McGee has a player option. Got to imagine he opts into that. Uh, they'll have Quinn Cook back, Caruso back. Rondo's got a player option. Don't know why he wouldn't opt in. And then Coos and their rookie, Taylor Horton Tucker. So I guess they only lose Dwight and JR and Markeith Morris. As yeah, the yeah, main I mean, you expect them to run it back uh, and, and you expect to get Avery Bradley back, hopefully, you know, and hopefully the season's back on track. And he, he doesn't have any more concerns with COVID. And, and then uh, Anthony Davis is 26 years old. I mean, you're looking at yeah. four, four more years of prime and not only that, but three more years of getting consistently better. He should yeah. um, after a, after a, a, you know, a season where he is like a 27 and 11 guy. Um, and I don't even know what he had in the finals, but you know, he was, you know, the anchor of their defense. And that's the thing that we mentioned earlier is that this team isn't the Warriors uh, where they were just like this kind of basketball excellence and offensive end. This is like a defensive team uh, that kind of just plays bully ball. You know, they either yeah. throw it into AD or LeBron just like puts his head down and gets to the basket and more often than not converts hand once. And it's like they don't, you know, make a lot of threes. They make them when it counts, but it's a different style of basketball. It's kind of like, you know, not a lot of the LeBron teams of yesteryear. So it's uh, it's it'll be interesting to see. I have to imagine. I mean, they're the team to beat next year. I can't see anyone taking a step back, even if LeBron does. Anthony Davis might take a comparable step forward. Uh, so right. then you have, you know, you have hopefully there's some synergy. Maybe they can make something happen and bring in someone else. You know, like a a third, you know, a second, third tier star to pair with them. Like as LeBron keeps getting older. Uh, but here's the thing, man. Like it's it, it, it's 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 so obvious that. Like Palinka didn't do that good of a job. What well, he he did a good job getting LeBron James, um, yeah. and, and that that is all you need apparently. Uh, and LeBron got AD, but he really there's no one else in that team. Like and and as Rich alluded to earlier, man, like if you give me any of those guys except for LeBron and AD, I don't know if I want any of them like on my team. Um, right. I certainly wouldn't be excited. That's Verno's thing. Is it like there was zero of those guys that I would at all celebrate being traded to the Grizzlies. So Palinka, like you know, is going to get celebrated as a good GM now. Because uh, he brought a title, but it's really just like I don't know. Like I think he just you, if you get LeBron, then then you're a good GM. Uh, but there's certainly better moves that can be made. I, all this to say, it's a long winded way of saying this team could be better. Um, obviously, yeah. pers personnel wise, and not 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 even that hard. You can sign guys on mid level exceptions that are better than any of the guys currently on the Lakers roster besides LeBron and AD. So, and guys are going to want to come get their shit. You know, I mean. These guys yeah, are like Joe, Joe Harris to that team. Like that's a real yeah, improvement. <laughs> exactly. Like have Joe Harris in there instead of, uh, you know, uh, well, any, any of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, what about Karis LeVert? You know, Karis, or, uh, the, the, the net's going to keep him. You know, what's going to happen? I don't, I don't know if the Lakers have uh, the ability to make any trades. They just don't have any assets, which is a problem. But um, I don't know. Like uh, where you guys see yeah. this going forward? What just be happening and, next season? While, while we are shitting on these guys, we do have to say that they fully bought in defensively and they played their asses off um, on the defensive end. And that's a huge part in winning the championship um, tonight. I mean, the Heat just never got comfortable. You saw it a couple times. They did a great job at chasing shooters all throughout the series. Um, there was the one, the game five, when Duncan Robinson went off. Uh, by the way, I've dubbed uh, game five the duel because I think that was the greatest back and forth in finals history, at least in our lifetimes. Um, just guys that play the same position. Jimmy was guarding LeBron. LeBron didn't really guard Jimmy as much as he guarded him. But um, 
And they were just going back at it, back and forth. That was when, of course, LeBron hit six of nine threes. And you're thinking like, okay, this is how it's going to be closed out. Because if they would have won game five, it would have the script would have been a lot better than them winning game six, even though they did win it in this blowout fashion. Um, because they would have won each series, a gentleman's sweep. Uh, they only lost five games the whole playoffs, which – uh, I think I don't think we talk about enough and I want to get back to their other series before we get out of here tonight. But I also dubbed game three, Jimmy eat world. Uh, that was when Jimmy had 40 points and uh, Miami pulled the series within two games to one. So as, as lackluster as we thought this finals was going to be after the injuries in game one, the shit really produced, man. And I'm, you already know Clay Travis is getting his tweet ready tomorrow about the ratings. Um, I heard Dan Wolken on Gary Parish on Friday. He talked to some experts in TV ratings and stuff. And they basically said, look, there's all kinds of shit going on, uh, all kinds of sports. We're in the middle of a presidential election and a pandemic. Like people are watching other stuff or they're cutting cable and not watching anything. They're outside with their kids because they've gotten into a whole new format of their day because kids aren't in school, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm not, if you chose not to watch this NBA finals, you fucking missed out. You really did. This finals is better than the one last year. It was better than some of those uh, Steph and KD Warriors teams finals that were already decided. You really got to go back to LeBron coming back from three to one um, to find a finals that was better than this one. And it doesn't seem like that long ago, but you just got to remember, we're not treated to a great series every year. And I mean, this was six really fun games minus the first game, which was a blowout. And I mean, game six, you can call it not fun, but it was kind of nice icing on the cake for a series and just the whole all the narratives around it. So, you know, I you know, that's coming tomorrow. The ratings bullshit. Are y'all are y'all as tired of hearing about that as I am? I mean, it it's it's. It's hidden language, you know what I mean. Yeah. When, when when that's shared, I know what it really means. You know what I'm saying. And if you're not watching, <laughs> I know why you're choosing not to watch. It's yeah. not it's not a secret. You know it is what it is. Um, but like you said, there's so much shit going on, um, and you missed some fucking great basketball if you didn't want to watch um, due to personal reasons on your own. Um, I don't think the NBA Finals has also never competed with football. Um, yeah. Football is in the swing of things pro and college right now there's just a lot of shit going on there's a lot of things that are taking up people's times mlb so, playoffs mlb playoffs are going on this is just this this year is not a standard year nothing is as it's been um and so you know if you want to harp on ratings and all this that and the fourth just say what you really want to say say that shit with your chest and get this <laughs> shit out just yeah. stop hiding behind that it, it, it was irresponsible journalism to state that the nba finals the main factor in the the viewership is the the social justice movements like that. First of all, you don't know that. And second of all, like there's so many other things we can point to that make way more logical sense than the few people literally turning off something they would have watched if these messages weren't there. I find it hard to imagine that people that would not watch something because of these messaging also wouldn't watch a league that's predominantly made up of vocal, like strong black men. Uh, I mean, on a regular basis, you, I mean, to, to the point where suddenly like words on a court, you're like, nope, now I'm not watching it. But if this hat that words hadn't been on the court, I'd be tuned in, baby, all six games. Like, I I, right. I just can't imagine how you yeah. can look me in the face and, and 
and tell me that there's people out there like that. And even if there is, they're not the majority and they aren't the main driving force to these ratings. Every single sporting event has suffered in this particular cycle because it's fucking been weird, man. A lot of people cut cable because we've been in a pandemic and right. there was no sports on. I did. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, like being a devoted NBA fan, like I, I got it when it was coming back for the NBA. But a lot of people are very casual about it and might have turned it on if they just had it. But anyway, the point being, yeah, that's that's total bullshit. And like that just feeding their fire and their platform and like whatever. But I just don't understand the, pr the productive nature of that conversation um, when you when you can't yourself actually provide any empirical data on that. And yeah. I, I, I just like and for these guys like Clay Travis and Ben Shapiro and all these guys that supposedly are about facts, not feelings. Um, this is a total feeling based statement uh, and it completely plays on emotions when you have no actual data. Uh, so I, I, it's, it's just interesting to me. And I mean, yeah. invite, invite me on outkick clay. <laughs> and a final thing on this, I don't think people actually know how the, the ratings work. Like just because you turn your TV onto a channel doesn't mean it's registering to the Nielsen ratings. There is one person in your area who represents about 50,000 people uh, of the same demographic. So whatever that person is watching is what goes to the ratings. I used to be a Nielsen household. These people come and knock on your door and you, you sign up for it. You, you think it's pretty shady at first, but then they like give you a $250 gift card and you have to, every I'll time you're it. watching something, you have to like yeah. say who's watching. So if it's me and my wife, I got to click these two buttons and it records my demographic and her demographic. And that's how it judges it. And, and out here in Southern California, they told us we were based on 50,000 households in our area. So like it's it's not even truly indicative of who's watching, you know. So I know it's like the most respected rating system in America, but I think it's getting outdated. So anyways, back to the first round of the playoffs. People now try to laugh it off and act like they didn't say this. People really thought Portland with the <laughs> scorching Damian Lillard had a chance to beat these Lakers. Am I wrong or no? And believe in that, that people really thought that people were saying that. I don't know who believed it. I don't know who was just saying it for narrative purposes. Uh, people you know, are definitely saying that. Shit. People say it. Yeah. Like, oh, no, Avery Bradley. Like, no, no one can guard <laughs> There's no backcourt defenders for the Lakers. CJ well, to be Dan. fair, to be fair, the, the, the Lakers had looked really bad in the restart. Uh, for all the seeding games, like and 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 it and the the Blazers were playing, you know they were red hot at that point. Um, and so I, I can see how you could lure yourself into thinking, uh, and, and it looks stupid now. Obviously, the benefit of hindsight, but at that point we had no, you know we we had seen eight games of shitty Laker basketball. No one looked like themselves. LeBron looked kind of like I hate my teammates, LeBron, and I'm going to start. Uh, like vocalizing it and like my body language is going to start looking shitty because like KCP dribbles the ball off his foot. And then suddenly, you know, like KCP ends up in five suitcases and down and off the coast of Miami and watched a lot of Sopranos recently. Uh, but yeah, it, it's uh, I think that was where it was coming from. Like, so you got to remember like the context of it at the time, but yes, now it looks fucking stupid. Oh yeah. They were talking. I mean, when yeah. the Rockets stole game one, I mean, the fucking, our very own, it was, own. It was our a blaze. Yeah. I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I, here's what I mean. I need Zach on here to pull up the receipts, but I, I said that the Rockets make you. I, mean, I feel like now I don't know why we're going back to, to this, but I feel like we might as well. Hell, we still got 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, the the, uh, the I said that the Rockets make you play like they play, uh, and 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 they did. They basically moved Anthony Davis to the five 
and they played smaller than the Lakers like to. Actually, they kept doing it and ended up being better. I don't know why Dwight or um, you know or any of the other big men or even Javel are out there because the, when they play their best, when AD's at the five. Uh, and they were just AD was just fucking nasty and incredible and just demolished the Rockets. But the Rockets did force the Lakers to play as small as they can while keeping yeah. AD on. The I court. mean, yeah, Taylor Horton yeah. Tucker was getting minutes in the Rockets series. So, yeah, right. Yeah, sure. There were adjustments. Which, so, uh, so yeah. I, I, I wanted to go back through these so that we don't let the narrative be when next season goes is the Lakers cakewalked to a finals because yeah. that's what it's inevitably, inevitably going to get to. And I just don't think we, I don't think that's true. I think they played some good teams, teams that made them win in all different ways. They had to play big uh, versus Nurkic and Collins, and they did that. They had to go small against the Rockets. They did that. Every way that they played, they were better than their opponents. Then they got the Nuggets in the conference finals. And I don't think uh, – I don't remember a lot of people really picking the Nuggets. Maybe they did. But I think most of us knew the Nuggets were just going to be worn out from that – uh, war with the Clippers in which they obviously sent the Clippers packing. But um, yeah, man, I just, I just wanted to let it be known that that was not a cakewalk. Um, and we talked about the injuries to the heat earlier. And unfortunately, if we go down the list of finals, really besides that Le- uh, LeBron comeback, or well, even that one had the suspension. And I think the Warriors might've had a injured big man, but there's always injuries in the finals and that's part of it. It's a battle of attrition. Like it's part luck. That's why it's so hard to repeat. That's why it's so hard to, you know, even win a championship, Jimmy and them have nothing to hang their head about. That's it's almost like a a stepping stone really in the, in the previous years is like a stepping stone. All right, you make it and everybody gets hurt. Now you try to come back and win for real. Yeah, the, let's. I mean, let's. You mentioned the Heat. Let's go over to them. I mean, I, I know we we appreciated them. They were a lot of fun. You mentioned Jimmy's games, and you named them. I thought pretty good. Um, and, and hopefully, we'll see those names moving forward. You need to trademark those. But <laughs> the, the, uh, the Heat are, are we? You know, you make it to the finals, and I think once you make it to the finals, especially in this weird, bizarre environment, you're thinking. At least I will. If I were like Tyler Hero, I'd be like, "Oh, we're, we'll we'll make it back." Uh, we've seen time and time again, that's like just being in the finals is like impossible to get there because of how much luck and, and everything's involved. And then once you're there, you try to win. But if you don't, maybe you think we'll be back. What are what are our thoughts on the Heat being back in the finals at all, uh, you know, with this with this team? Well, I've got a, their roster situation here in front of me. So let me run over that real quick. Next year under contract, they've got Jimmy, Iggy, Olenek, Hero, Bam, Nunn, Duncan Robinson, uh, then Casey Opala, whatever his name is, and then Chris Silva, the big dude who killed us in the first game of the season. It was dunking and blocking everything. Um, (laughs) So so they lose. uh, Drogic's going to be a free agent. We'll see how his injury affects the market. Maybe he comes back, maybe not. Uh, Our boy Solo will be a free agent. Myers Leonard, Jay Crowder. Uh, Udonis Haslam, you got to think it's going to hang them up, and then Derek Jones Jr. So they've got a solid core coming back, and they've got $35 million projected in cap space. They're going to be able to make some moves, and Pat Riley ain't scared to make no moves. So, you, 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 so your theory is that they add someone. Who do you add, they think? And then – 
Okay. Or, or Chris Paul going to the Knicks, baby. No, yeah, he, <laughs> he, he, I would definitely not go to the Knicks if I were him, but um, no. they could, they could fit. I don't know if they could afford Chris Paul because Chris Paul's like goes up to 40 something, but they could make some you know, moves and, and afford it. Well, him, they'll but, pay the tax. They're not afraid to pay yeah, the tax. They, they got the money so. too. They're yeah, probably. But, uh, the and I honestly don't know if that's the best fit because I feel like the Heat are at best when Jimmy is running the show. I mean, I know Dragic was their leading scorer, but his game and CP3 is way different anyway. So, um, that's neither here nor there. But, uh, Rich, how you feeling about the Heat moving forward? You know, um, I don't know. Like, to Sam's question, like, will they be back with this entity of the Heat? Even if they know. add, even if they, let's just, say they add someone, like Old Depot or you know, yeah, whoever. Yeah, if they I, add someone, like, I just foresee a lot of the, the what's perceived as the top-tier East teams coming back in. Miami having a bullseye on their back. You know, they dethroned a lot of the media darlings to get to this spot. You know what I'm saying? Like coming in, people were talking Boston, people were talking Philly, people were talking Toronto, you know, all these other teams. And Miami just kind of shot up and was like, you know, fuck that. Like, we're going to get here. Um, But yeah, definitely. I think, you know, we've seen Pat Riley is not afraid to make a move. I think you have to want to be a part of that heat culture to want to go there. Like you have to see what they have built there and want to buy in. And it's clear, like if you do buy in and you want that and you, and you live for that, like Jimmy, you thrive in that system. Um, Spolstra is a hell of a coach. Uh, Miami's an amazing place to live. Like, you know, they have a lot of fucking selling points. Um, but definitely I think, you know, they're going to have to bring somebody else in. Um, not sure if Chris Paul would be that person, uh, I just don't know, you know, what else is needed. I mean, you got a great star. You got your big and bam. You got your dog, your star and Jimmy. Um, but who's who's that third guy? Um, you know, Hero and Robinson are fucking great knockdown shooters. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I could foresee Miami. I could foresee Miami second round, maybe ECF next year. Not sure if they get back to the finals, though, unless they make a major move. Jimmy, a year older, you know, he's on the wrong side of 30. Uh, yeah. You know, Bam should get better every year, we think. I don't know what he's going to add to his game. Hero is obviously going to get better. He's 20 years old, as we were told one million fucking times. And, and I just uh, want to say, like, the commentators just be fucking talking, man. Rachel Nichols did a fucking 25-minute fucking Tyler Hero fucking monologue blog on how he was a Heat fan growing up. He had a fucking Heat jersey as a child and they talked about an interview. This motherfucker Mike Green gets on there and Tyler Hero, you know, young rookie from Milwaukee, grew up a Bucks fan. This has to be special. Like, watch the fucking telecast, man. Damn, you be fucking talking. Yeah. Uh, it's not like they've... Uh, it's not like they, they, you know, they don't have a lot of free time or whatever. Like living in a fucking pandemic bubble, uh, where they just hero like, is more than a sandwich. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tough Mark Jackson minutes for me. Uh, I, I, uh, I watched the game with the, our, our friend, friend of the program, Jonathan Collins, a lot of the games, and he's a big Mark Jackson guy. Um, and I'm just like, bro, like, <laughs> how? First of all, but um, you know, and I, I love Jeff Van Gundy. I, I mean, I like. His little comment. A lot of people get annoyed by his like meanderings, but I, I think they're funny and so whatever. So I'm sure like I'm on the other side of you know the people that probably hate Jeff at Gunny too. But um, I, I actually thought him and Mark Jackson were pretty good. This fine, they had a good rapport. Yeah, they because yeah. I mean Jeff and Gunny coached Mark Jackson, so that every time that came up, it was funny uh, when Jeff and Gunny would 
say something about what the Heat need to do. And I feel like the Van Gundys are just very astute. I mean, they're clearly such students of the game, lifelong coaches, and they, they comment the game like like basketball coaches, which is, is fun to hear um, if you're kind of an advanced NBA fan. But, yeah, like anytime Jeff Van Gundy would mention something and Mark Jackson would would say, I remember you had us doing that, and, and Jeff Van Gundy would say, like, you never did that. Like, yeah. He'd be like, you'd be trying to get you to do that to a game. Like, during a game's never going to happen. And uh, th- I enjoy that sort of rapport. Um, but you got Milwaukee, who said there's not afraid to spend the tax. Giannis is a year older, you know, 25. We, we, we've seen most of the, the guys that the transcendent guys don't win their title till late 20s and, and kind of like make that jump to 26, 27. Um, so Milwaukee's going to. Are you taking them over the heat right now? If they, if they were to run it back, like right now. Would you take Milwaukee over the Heat? No, no, no. I, I I can't take Milwaukee until they beat somebody. I'm just pointing out the competition. I, I, but okay. I won't take them. Uh, just let me do my narrative here. And then you got the Nets. You know, you got you got KD and and Kyrie, uh, which we don't know what they're going to look like. They could be less than the Clippers this year and just fizzle out because they have no chemistry. Kyrie could you know totally just destroy the team from the inside like a splinter cell. Um, or, or KD could be still hurt coming back from an Achilles injury. That's a really fucking tough injury to come back from. Rarely are guys the same, uh, and he's 32. So we don't know, but we don't know what that looks like. And if, if I get a healthy Kyrie and KD, I'm taking the nets over this heat team, um, assuming health, which you have to for every, all these guys. Uh, and then they could, they could be extremely fun to watch, like just, very. you know, or they could be a total shit show. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, from for a basketball standpoint, I hope it I hope it goes well. But for a, for a storyline, I kind of <laughs> I wouldn't mind it blowing up. Yeah, Kyrie sometimes, is just, man. Sometimes I'm like the Joker, you know, just want to watch the world burn. Like I just want to be like in the back of a cop car, like like shaking my head, like with my tongue out, like just watching the Nets go down in flame. Um, but yeah, and, and then and then uh, the Celtics, who you know, they're young stars. Uh, you know, I, I think I believe Jason Tatum's only 22 years old. I think I'm not sure. <laughs> I, look up I, would take for me. I would take them over. You take, so you take right Celtics now. over Miami right now. If they ran um, it back, I would take the Celtics over them. I think because because you're based on what they're they're a year older. Everyone's a year better. They're just you think that Tatum makes that jump next year. Uh, but I mean, so what? So give me your pitch on. Give me the case for why the Celtics yeah. beat the Heat next year. I think uh, Tatum learns. Just little nuances of the game. I, you know, this is second really deep playoff run, but third overall, I think. Um, and it just you got to take those beatings and you continue to learn. And it just seems like he's so far more progressed than a lot of superstars were at his age. And he's already been through these battles and taken these bumps in the early years. This isn't year six and seven for him. And uh, he's impressed. He's gotten better every year. There's like nothing he can't do on the court. It's just, you know, don't settle for the three when you can go to the rack and in the game, you know, Um, just little things like that. And then I think another year with Kimba, um, Kimba can only be better. Like, I feel like he can only be better than what we saw um, for the most part. I don't know what they do with Hayward. I'm sure he's opting in because of all the reasons we mentioned, but maybe you trade him because he's an expiring and, and you can get something that's a little better, or maybe he stays healthy and that's all you need. And then you're a championship team. I, I just really like that Celtics team uh, as much as I dislike the Celtics organization. So, so I'm Danny Ainge and I call the Kings and I say like, 
here you can have Gordon Hayward and the three first rounders this year because we can't actually draft any of these guys anyway because we don't have roster spots uh, for Buddy Heald. And do, do do you do that? Well, if you're either team, I, I mean, Rich is uh, shaking your head. Who, who do you who do you not like that for? Now, I will say, if I'm Sacramento, and you know. I completely, I was somebody that completely missed on Marvin Bagley. Like, I was walking around here in 2018, like, secure the Bagley, Grizzlies, whoa! You know, but he hasn't really done shit. Um, if you offer Sacramento those first... Hey, that's your mic. ...for Bagley, if you offer Sacramento those picks and Gordon Hayward for Bagley, I think that could be interesting. I just don't see Buddy Hield fitting. Like, he's just another jacker. I feel like one of the problems with the Celtics is they have too many... Honestly, and this is a, a luxury, but they have too many guys that can go get it. They have too many isolation scores. Like Kimba Walker is isolation score. Jason Tatum, isolation score. Jalen Brown, slasher, can get his own shot. Marcus Smart, a fucking wrecking ball. Like they just have so many, you know, people that, you know, aren't really facilitating the offense. Um, their glaring needs are a facilitator and a big man that can roll to the rim, rebound, block shots, which coming out, that's what Marvin Bagley was built on. So if I'm Danny Ainge, you know, I might take a flyer on that. Like, we have all these fucking first-round picks that we can't use. We drafted three people this past draft. I think Carson Edwards, Tremont Waters, uh, Romeo Langford, Grant Williams. And Grant Williams Taco is the Fall. only person. Taco Fall. Grant Williams is the only one that got any burn. Like, you don't have enough roster spots, bro. You have to get rid of some of these picks. So I would definitely, potentially, if we're talking Sacramento, pick up that phone and see what's happening. Because, I mean, Sacramento needs some more assets. And going, hey, what I mean – I don't think he's ever going to be that going hey what we saw in Utah. I just think those years have passed. Um, and so while he still has some some semblance of value, I just think I don't see him as a fit with that Celtics roster, timeline-wise and talent-wise. Oh, you know who the Celtics could use? Anthony Davis. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they wish they'd sign him. You shut your mouth. You shut your mouth. Don't mention it. Don't mention it. I don't think that will happen. No, he's not going to Boston. <laughs> but, I mean, they could have traded for him. Oh, Danny wanted him. Danny wanted him so bad. He, Danny wants everyone, oh, but he never pulls the he fucking He never actually trigger. puts up or shuts. So, yeah, so now he's got these picks. He's, you know, fizzling out in the Eastern Man. Conference semis or Eastern Conference finals. And we see the Lakers, you know, trade the fucking farm. Uh, to down to down to the down in New Orleans, and they now won a title. So at some point, you got to be like, you got to be willing to deal your chips. You can't just keep amassing them. Um, and that's that's what you play for, right? To win a championship. And I feel like one championship is worth it. I know franchises like the Lakers and Celtics get spoiled and think, uh, you know, even not rightfully so, especially in our lifetimes. But uh, well, I mean, the, the Lakers had some runs, but not in my recent times. Um, you know, like you play to win a championship, just like Toronto did last year. You go all in, you win the championship. And I mean, Boston, had, they had the one with Paul Pierce. But other than that, they ain't won championships with color TV. So um, I don't I just can't believe they didn't trade for Anthony Davis. Like, uh, sorry, Sue. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Um, can't see any of the other Eastern teams being good, though. I mean, I'd, Toronto I think we kinda- falls off. Yeah, it's right now. What do y'all think about Philly and Doc? Do you think that does anything with that? You know what? I I I totally forgot about them, and I think that's kind of evidence of like what I think about them is that like I didn't even think about them when I was naming teams I think could be something Uh, because I'm tired of assuming the best for Philly. I actually picked the beginning of the season uh, Philly and Lakers in the finals. 
Um, and just because I really believed in Embiid, I believed in Simmons, and I, I just want them to work. And I just can't believe them anymore, man. Like, uh, partly because the front office made the dumbest mistakes ever um, in giving the money to the wrong people, especially as we saw what happened this year. But I just can't – I don't know what they do to suddenly be in the finals uh, or a contender. I just can't see it. Yeah, they could really use a Jimmy Butler type and a J.J. Redick type. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a team – that's a great example. They were one crazy, awesome shot from Kawhi Leonard away from being in the NBA finals. And now we're, you know, wondering how much longer their core can stay together. Uh, life can come at you fast in the NBA. Wait, and, and just to – wasn't that the semifinals? Didn't they, the winning team of that series still have to go beat the Bucs in these? I'm pretty sure that's true. Because I yeah, always yeah. think that too. No, the, the Bucs had never made the conference finals, right? Yeah, they the did. Bucks? They did that year. Did they? Okay. Uh, yeah, because the, the Raptors went down 0-2 to them, then won four straight. Okay and, okay, and to go to the finals, um, and yeah, but yes, like they they were still very close, and the theory is that like that seventy sixers team would have still beat that Milwaukee team, and um, you know, go forward into the finals, but but still, yes, I, I agree. Like, uh, if you have something good, like I, I will say, the Grizzlies never kind of fucking blew things up unnecessarily. I think if they they realized they had something good, and maybe it wasn't enough, but it was enough to stay consistently good, and then maybe you catch a few breaks, yeah, and you know, then you're in the finals and all that sort of stuff. So I, I uh. I think uh, the Philly fans would give anything to have, including their players, to have uh, those guys back on their team. Yeah, and Joel Embiid. I mean, we'll see. what. Who knows what Philly even looks like next year? I mean, they could easily trade Simmons or Embiid, like, or Tobias Harris. Um, I don't know who the hell would trade for Tobias Harris, but yeah. – um, Really yeah. afraid that we'll trade for him. I don't think – if Chris Wallace is still in charge of this team, I could see us doing that. Um, <sighs> just because we have the cap space, and he's like a 19 and – nine guy um he looks kind of good you know like uh, for his numbers but his contract is preposterous but then i could just see chris wallace talking himself into it because he's got these rookies on rookie scale deals he's got the money to spend maybe philly attaches a couple future first rounders and then chris wallace is dancing but uh i i, I would like to think that zach Kleiman um is is uh too too uh shysty to to do that yeah he ain't doing that yeah but I'm just saying that's exactly who you prey on is a team like us. And you know Philly's going to find some sucker at some team, maybe the fucking Suns. Uh, I'm just trying to think who who are the suckers left in the NBA. Uh, I, I mean, most of the teams now, set the Kings maybe, but someone's going someone's gonna to trade for them. Because we're always like, we always find the next untradeable contract, and then somehow that contract gets traded. Like, yeah. But there's every year has the untradeable the albatross deal. Like Chris Paul was that. And then, you know, we've, a trade happens and it's just like there's always going to be a team willing to sell um, to get to get picks. Yeah, you mentioned the Suns and I mean, the Western Conference next year is going to be absolutely loaded. I don't know if there will there will be any teams not trying to make the playoffs and who go into the season right. not thinking they're, they're going to, you know, be the eighth seed or have a chance at the playoffs. Like, I mean, us, the Kings. Phoenix, uh, the Timberwolves, you know, with D'Angelo and Cat. Like, you think the Thunder take a step back? You think that the Chris Paul trade is going to happen? But even then, then you got maybe. Jay, and yeah, I, I mean, mean, you got. Hell, it's just a pandemic, um, so maybe having a you know successful product is what you need to stay afloat. I, I don't know, you know what the Rockets are going to try to win because their owner is going broke. <laughs> I don't know about OKC's owner. 
yeah, I don't know what his what he's doing. I, I heard from my season ticket rep though that Pear is doing really well right now. Uh, yeah. But he his stock nearly doubled in the pandemic because obviously he deals in you know Wi-Fi and and actual mm-hmm. apps that that have helped people during the pandemic. So like like uh, like Zoom for example. So mm-hmm. he's uh, he, he's in the right material. So that's good news for for people down on Memphis. You want to see the owner doing well. Yeah, uh, and and willing to spend money on the team that he seems to use as his pet project, but whatever, man. As long as you keep him here. Yeah, and he's completely renovated the the FedEx form, like the locker room area, um, all the training facilities. So he has poured money into the team um, outside of you know the initial purchase, and rightfully so. I mean, the team is is worth so much more now than when he purchased it, um, as all NBA franchises are, but. Yeah, man, next season is going to be exciting. I, I like are the Warriors are going to be in the playoffs. You have to assume. Yeah. And, and everyone pencils in OKC to be the team that's not in the playoffs. You know, even though they were the five seed, but and maybe that is true. You you got to think some of those contracts are traded or broken up or not brought back. But I don't know. I mean, OKC proved us wrong this year, so. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Like they, we thought they were going to fall off this year, and then they end up making a five seed, given the end up almost making the second round um, <laughs> with uh, you know 36 year old Chris Paul and Stephen Adams, and that, yeah, that team that team's weird. Uh, I, I don't. You're right. There, there'll be no team in the West that is like let's tank. Um, <laughs> that sucks for that sucks for the Grizzlies, and they're going to take their licks in the regular season, like perhaps no other young team has. Uh, and I think it's going to be purely a matter of who can stay healthy and um, yeah. in, in terms of like snagging that eighth seed. And, uh, I, you know, so far the Grizzlies, two young players, um, one of which is Jaron Jackson Jr. Hasn't been able to do so for a whole season. So we'll see, you know, what he does going forward. But we need healthy guys to to make that eighth seed. And we need John Moran to probably stop trying to dunk over people. Um, <laughs> you know, I even though it's fun and I get it, but like, and I got this poster back here that everyone thinks is signed, but it's actually a fake signature. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to start telling people that it's real, but yeah, I, I, uh, I need these guys healthy. Yeah. And, and wear a mask jaw. Um, I would appreciate if you wear a mask and don't host day parties. Um, but you know, he's young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's true. Well, I, I mean, any other parting thoughts we are going to put this NBA season to bed. I mean, I don't know what we're going to talk about for, the next three months, uh, but we'll, I'm sure we'll figure out something. Yeah, we'll still coming to you weekly. I thought you you hit on an important note that your season ticket rep is expecting the season to start on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, um, which would be awesome. You got to imagine the Grizzlies would be playing on opening night, which I'm not sure we've ever had. Um, so that would be cool if the NBA doesn't you know fuck us out of that, which could also happen. Um, Rich. One last time, close us out, man. It's your night. Oh man, oh, I'm honored. Shucks. Oh man, this is just you know, it's been a pleasure. You know, the culmination of one of the strangest, wildest, most turbulent NBA seasons in recent memory. But we can all take solace in the fact that it ended, as it oftentimes has, with the Los Angeles Lakers taking home the Larry O'Brien Trophy. So we thank each and every listener tonight who has sat here and got to hear not only the Laker praise, the Grizz praise, but also the Clipper slander, because that's what really this is all about. So thank you, everyone, for the Backdoor Cut Show. I am Rich. Pastor Rich. <laughs> Speaking of the congregation up there. Wait a minute. Before we sign off, I want to ask you a question. 
the, the Bill Simmons whole thing has been that Lakers only have 12 titles and now 13 because five of them were in Milwaukee what, or, or Minnesota or whatever, where, where the fuck they were before it was yeah. Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Yeah. Because the great lakes, that's why they're called Lakers. What, what do you think about teams claiming championships that were in a different city before they moved to the city? And to hear Rich's answer, stay tuned next week for the backdoor cut, Joe. I like that.